0: Whom you crucified, uh, that the, the man was healed. So then it says in uh, Acts 4.13, um, it says that when these leaders, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, that they perceived that they were, that they were just uneducated common men, they were astonished because they could tell uneducated common men didn't speak like this. And I, and I love this phrase, and they recognized that they had been with uh, Jesus. Now, wouldn't you like to be like Jesus so much that people would say, hey, there's something special about them. It's like they've been with Jesus. You know, that we, that the glory of Jesus, the the attributes of Jesus, and we are supposed to be like him, right? That's the whole journey of the Christian faith is to be more and more like Christ. You know, and there's something about people that, have spent the hard time um, denying themselves to be like Jesus, it starts to see, it starts to look like something. So they had, um, in Acts 4.18 through uh, 20, it says, so that they called them and charged them not to speak or teach in all of the name of a Jesus. But Peter and John answered them. They said, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you, rather than God, you must judge. But he says, "But for we, but we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard." That's the testimony. They they cannot do anything but what they know because they know what they've seen and heard is much larger than them. It's much greater than them. So how did the um, so now because they were because there was a church already formed now right so there's a church already formed. Um, that is watching what's happening to Peter and John. So, so, oh, good, that's up there. Okay. So, wh- the, how did the church respond? They they, they said in Acts four twenty nine. They said, now Lord, look their um, judgment from God on on the world itself, and the church would not be here. But now let's let's get into the four church four churches that. Jesus calls some, some uh, things out on. Okay, so I mean, just like Ephesus. He says, I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake. You have not grown weary. Now, this point here—what does this sound like when he tells this church? Kind of sounds like the previous two, right? Like Smyrna and and like Philadelphia—they're doing the same thing. God's commending—you know, Jesus is—you know, commending them for how he commends Philadelphia and Smyrna. Which I don't have these in, in just like order, by the way, in case you were wondering. But he says, I mean, Jesus says, "But I have this against you. You have abandoned." The love you had at first. He says, so remember from where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. And then this is scary. This is disturbing. If you don't, he says, if not, I will come to you and remove the lampstand from its place unless you do repent. Doesn't that sound harsh? Because what, what do we say? We say, oh, but God, look, I'm doing all of this. I'm doing this. I mean, I'm holding true to your, to your, um, you know, persecution that we are enduring because I love your name. But I think Jesus is here showing how important it is for the church to be just as in love with Jesus all through their existence as it were at first. It is the 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 primary love that makes everything else of a church work if we truly have that love at first. But he says, if you don't, he will remove the lampstand you know, from that church. So then at Pergamum, um, he says, I know where you dwell, it, where uh, see now Satan's throne is. Yet you hold fast my name, and you did not deny my faith, even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, you know, who was killed among you where Satan dwells, but I have a few things against you. You have some there who hold to the teachings of Balaam, who taught Balaam to put a stumbling block before the, before the sons of Israel. So now this story is in the Old Testament, by the way. Uh, so that they might eat food, sacrifice to idols, and practice sexual imm- immorality. So also you have some who hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans, therefore repent. So what, what is going on w- on with this church? This church, they are compromising with false teaching. They are letting false teaching stay in their church. So Jesus is holding the whole church responsible, right? He's not just punishing those who are holding to the teachings that are not of him, not of the gospel, not of the kingdom. Uh, but he is holding the whole church in responsible. So he's calling them to repent. Then a thi- Thyatira, he says, I know... Oops. Okay, Thyatira, he says, I know your works, your love and faith and service and patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first, but I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and is seducing my servants to uh, practice sexual immorality and to eat foods sacrificed to his idols. So he's this the same kind of thing here but now they're tolerating not false teaching but they're you know tolerating sinful behavior in the church you know so so just again he is holding the whole church responsible so it it, it just goes on to say that you know Jesus says I'm gonna deal with that woman and deal with all of them uh, who are involved in this sexual immorality of the church Uh, but he says this then he says in verse 23 he says that, and all the churches will know that I am he who searches mind and heart, and I'll give to each according to your works. So Jesus judges us from our mind, right, from our hearts. He knows the reason why we do things and don't do things, and that's what Jesus judges us for. So um, uh, we can't hide behind uh, works that are not from the right, um, the right motivation. So then Sardis, Sardis says, I know your works, you have the reputation of, be, of being alive, but you are dead. So he's saying being you know, alive according to the world, but you are dead according to God. So he's just saying, wake up and strengthen what remains, and it's about to die, for I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. He says to just remember then what you received and heard. Keep it and repent, for if you will not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour had I come against you. And, you know, when, you, when we look at all, there's a lot of churches um, that are really, they have a lot of things going on, don't they? A lot of programs, a lot of things. They even have Starbucks in the lobby, you know. They have light shows and worship, and we even, even went to one that had smoke. So, Lee, I'm glad we don't have light shows and smoke here That's <laughs> But we see these churches that are really they, According to the world, it looks like, wow, there's a lot going on This is a, a, a hopping church you know, But Jesus says, but you're dead You are, you are dead Because the world thinks you're alive and all, but you're dead And he says, this is a real interesting phrase here He says, your works are not complete So what is a complete work? Have you ever thought about what does a complete work look like? So a work that is not complete would be a work that a man thinks up, and I'm gonna do this work to think that it pleases God, because it's man doing this. A, you know, work that is complete <coughs> would be um, started by the Holy Spirit. You would see where he is working, and we would then go and join him where he's working, and then there's fruits produced from that. So that kind of work is a complete work, not works that we dream up, because me. remember, Jesus said, I will build my church, not man. So we have to always look to see where God is working, join him, rush to where he is working, and take part of that because God's working in hearts and we wanna be there to wherever God is working with those hearts. Uh, and that's a, a complete work. So it's a work that has fruit, uh, it produces fruit. All right, Laodicea. This is the, the church that Jesus found nothing good about. He says, you are neither hot nor cold. Um, he says, would, would that you were, he wishes that they would either be hot or cold, so he says, because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold. Now, real quick, we know hot and cold, this is not, like you're hot for Jesus or cold for Jesus. Because where this church was in Laodicea, it was in a place where they had hot springs coming and cold water coming into the city. And they found therapeutic use from both of them. So either hot water was a very therapeutic, like people go to like hot springs and things like that, or the icy cold water. So they were both of therapeutic use. So Jesus was saying... I can't find anything good in you. You're not even hot or cold. You're just lukewarm. And to him, that's you know, there's nothing good here. It says, "I will spit you out of I will spit you out of out of you know, my mouth." It says, "For you say that I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked." So it's something that Jesus is really going straight to the heart of the matter. You know, if we um, for churches that have a big budget and lots of money in the bank, it's easy to think that you don't need God because you just do what you what you need to do, and that's a that's a real dangerous place for any church to be, to be doing um, the church thing on their own power and in, in, and just like their own wisdom. Now, here is the um, the thing that's uh, really important about this because Jesus says he says for those whom whom that I love this is verse 19 and 20 it says for those whom whom that I love I reprove and discipline so be zealous and repent behold I stand at the door and knock and if this if anyone hears hears my voice and opens the door I will come to him and eat with him and he with me so see Jesus um, we would look at this and say he's very concerned about the spiritual state of his church isn't he so this is the second generation church is already experiencing this. So we see that out of this, we would then say, yes, Jesus cares very much about his church and its spiritual uh, you know, shape. So I find it interesting that not only does he want the church to start well, start strong, he also wants the church to just finish well. And that's, and that's going to take us to the church in the last days. And I'm just almost done here So I know We're at noon I want to just I have some verses pulled out And I think you'll see why I'm going to say this I'm just going to read these verses Without commentary to them Okay Because this is Jesus and Peter And Paul Again with Jesus Telling us about The last days. Okay. And this is something that we need to take up seriously. We need to just listen to this. So just just let the Holy Spirit speak to you just through these words here. Okay. This is Acts 2.17. It says, In the last days it shall be, God uh, declares, that I will pour out my spirit when it's all flesh. And your sons and Your daughters shall, in a prophecy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. There will be terrible times in in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, uh, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, Brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. It is having a form of godliness but uh, denying its power. First of all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming that he promised? It's ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. Now the Spirit expressly says in the latter days, some will depart, some will depart from the faith by uh, devoting themselves to uh, deceitful spirits and teachings of demons though the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, I mean, through the insincerity of liars. See, now, nation will rise against nation and king, kingdoms against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes in various places, famines, and pestilence, and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. But before all of this, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, It was just delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors for, for my name's sake. And there will be signs, and there will be signs in sun and moon and stars, and on the earth distress of nations and perplexity because of the roaring of the seas and the waves, people fainting with fear. And with foreboding of what is coming on the world. Uh, For the powers of heavens will be shaken. And then we'll see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up, raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Are we here with this? Does this sound like what we're seeing today? I think that um, truly the return of Jesus for his bride is at hand. But what are we commanded to do? We're still commanded to not stop being the church. We're not to sit on our hands and wait for Jesus to come. We're still to be the church. You know, if we've lost our first love, if we in general have lost our first love of Jesus we do things like we do church instead of being the church if we compromise with sin um, God holds us accountable for this unrepentant sin even in generations past if we're asleep our work is not complete and we're dead if we tolerate false teaching biblical authority is undermined and another gospel is preached. If we depend on our own means, we don't need God. Um, I'm not going to close on a down note because, if you know, Lee, if, if you could just come up, I'm going to clo- close on this here. You know, um, the best news that we have is the news that Jesus said when he talked to all those churches especially the five that were that he found fault with it was not a condemnation it was a call to uh, repentance it was a call to be the church that he built to be the church that he designed for it to be so the world could have the right message given to it so just remember he is building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And I, in, these, in these last days, I think the church, the, the, the world needs a church that's motivated by passionate love for by Jesus. The world needs a church to faithfully stand for something worth, uh, worth dying for. The world needs a church to be uncompromising over sin, yet compassionate for the sinner. The world needs a church that offers life to dying people. The world needs a church to offer living water to the thirsty so they would never thirst again. And now more than ever, the world needs a church to boldly proclaim the soon coming Jesus for his bride. So this is the church that w- we've been called to be. And it's a church that we're, we have no reason to expect that we can't be. Because if Jesus is building his church, we only have to submit ourselves to it. We just have to kneel our will. We have to let the truth expose any misperceptions or false doctrines or lies in our heart to be the church that he's called us to be because that's the church right now this world needs. So I'm, I'm just going to pray real quick for us here. Father, I, I just, um, I pray for each heart here. I pray for each person here in this church. Father, you love this church. You've called us to high things. Father, just truly move in every heart, move in every spirit may your spirit truly stir us to passion for you may it stir us to holiness to be the bride that you sacrificed everything for father the 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 calling that you have for us is great and it's too great for us to do so we truly depend on your holy spirit we truly depend on your son jesus to model how we should be and how this church let us be the church that (coughs) looks like the church that jesus died for father truly just move just help the church in our country to be that way help the church in the west to truly be a church that stands for something worth you know, worth dying for these things i pray in your son's name amen